I wouldn't classify coupon extensions as malicious. I would classify them as untrusted. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome back to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And today, Kathleen is my guest. Kathleen Booth, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me, Matt. Well, thanks for being on the show. This is an issue that I was not aware of. So this is going to be fantastic for people because, I mean, honestly, I've seen literally probably over a thousand e-commerce sites. And one of the things we're going to talk about today, I didn't even know was an issue. And I'm, I'm both shocked and saddened that I didn't know about it. But let me <laughs> read your bio so people know who you are. Kathleen is the VP of Marketing for Clean.io, which is a digital engagement security platform that helps marketers take control of the way businesses interact with their users online. She's also host of the long-running Inbound Success podcast, which I have also listened to. Ah, yay. (laughs) Kathleen, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Clean.io? Sure. So as you mentioned, we are a digital engagement security platform platform. And really what that means uh, in plain English is we help brands control the third-party code that executes on their site in order to protect their revenue and their user experience. So I have an e-commerce store. I'm selling stuff to people online. I have plugins and, and, and you know, maybe I, I have a blog, maybe I have an informational site, right? I've got ads from, you know, who knows, Google ads, Etsy ads, Bing ads, Taboola, whatever, right? Running on my site to generate revenue. Where does this process go wrong? So we kind of have to back up. And what I would say is, you know, when you think about business in general, any kind of business, I always like to say that we're all selling the same thing. I don't care if you're selling hamburgers, if you're selling consulting services, or if you're, you know, if you're selling, you know, cars, it doesn't matter what we're all selling is trust, right? Like that's the, the, when you boil it down, that's the currency that we all operate on. And in the real world, when people walk into your store or come into your office or onto your car dealership lot, you know, you have an opportunity to build trust right from the outset with your, your in-person interactions that you have with your customers. But increasingly, obviously, the world is moving in the direction of, of business being digital. And, and in the last year with COVID, there are some statistics that say that that was sped up by like a decade in one year. So there's this massive shift to online out of necessity, because for many businesses, it's their only lifeline, particularly now. And when you think about moving into a digital realm, the question becomes like, how do you if, if building trust in the real world is the interactions people are having with your team, it's the physical setting of your store or your office, you know, it's them being able to touch and feel your products. How do you replicate that experience that that builds trust in a digital world? And you know, when we talk about the digital world, we're really talking about your website because that's where people that's that's your digital office building, your digital store. So we we like to think that you know, one of the very first things you need to think about when you're building trust is is not actually the design of your site. It's not really the words on the page. It's like, do people have a safe and secure experience when they visit your site? And that's that is dictated by, 
literally the security of your website that, and we focus specifically on third party code because businesses can control the, the code they put on their site. And, and we all think, gosh, I own my site. I control it, but it's really not true. There are a lot of in, in the world we live in, the way the internet functions, there's a ton of third party code that actually can execute on your site that doesn't come from you. And many times it has a higher level of permission, believe it or not, than the code on your site does. So we, we currently, we're looking to tackle this problem in a number of ways. We currently have two products, one of which it helps online publishers. So think about your, you know, TV station or your newsletter or uh, a publishing site like Barstool Sports or TMZ. You go to those websites to consume their content and there are ads all over those sites. And those ads are actually third-party code. They're being served from a different place than that website. There there are these advertising platforms or exchanges that place ads on sites. And so we help publishers make sure that if an ad is coming into their site, if that third-party code is coming on, that's not going to do anything malicious because I feel like we've all experienced it, right? You click on an ad and all of a sudden you're redirected someplace that you didn't mean to go or a giant pop-up comes up and you don't know how to get out of it. Like it could have been a sweepstakes pop-up or even worse, you get a virus on your computer. So we have a product that analyzes the the code behind ads and in real time can tell whether it's going to do something it shouldn't. And if it's going to do that, we stop it. And then on the e-commerce side, we have a product that looks at third-party code in the form of browser extensions. So we've all used these. We go to the Chrome store or the equivalent on a different browser. We get a, a, a plugin or an extension and it, it runs in our browser. The specific thing we're tackling are coupon extensions. Folks might be familiar with those as, as shoppers. You know, you might be using Honey or Capital One Shopping or one of the large handful of other coupon extensions out there. And those extensions wait for the shopper to get to the checkout at on an e-commerce site. And then they pop up and say, hey, we've got a bunch of coupons. How would you like to save money? And you hit a button that says, I would like to. And then they auto inject codes until it finds the one that gives you the biggest discount, which sounds great, right? But the, there are a whole host of problems that they present for businesses. And so you can kind of see the big umbrella under which all of these fall, which is you got to be able to control the third party code that executes on your site. Your website should be the one place where you fully control the customer experience. And I can say, as a website hosting company and web design company, most businesses have no idea what code runs on their website. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like 99.9999% of business owners have no idea about the code. I would even go to say most web developers or, or designers have no idea what code is getting executed when they build a website either. As, I mean not to to put our own hand up or anything like that but coming from a information services and an information technology background our company is very aware of the code that executes on websites and it's a pretty serious problem a lot of them like you were saying have elevated permissions and what that means is that a lot of the code runs on your computer itself and not necessarily the server. And that code can do things to your computer. It can take you to websites that you don't necessarily want to go to. It can display things you don't necessarily want to see. And it can also potentially try to install code or extensions or other things on your computer that you don't want that could be malware it could be phishing scams. It could be viruses. There's all kinds of things that can go wrong in that. 
Yeah. And there's a term for it. It's if we want to get geeky that I learned this after I started getting into this at clean.io, but the term is client side injections, which is, is a fancy way of saying what you just said, which is, you know, the client in this case is the, the visitor to the website. So on the client side is any code that's running on their computer or in their browser that they've installed that affects not only their computer, but could affect the the website itself. And, and it's any, most plugins fall into that category. You know, I did not know that. And I used to own a, an agency that did website design. So this is definitely a big area that education is needed, I think. It is. And if, if you have a business and you want to kind of go back and, and learn more about security, just jot down episode 152. We talked with Todd Kane. The episode is called Your Security Isn't Good Enough Because It's Not. So, <laughs> <laughs> this follows along those same lines. So one thing we did not talk about was protecting your e-commerce site or your website um, or your informational site, right, from this type of, of malicious code injection. But the thing that I mostly want to talk about is the coupon code thing, because I was not aware of how these companies get their coupons. Now, interestingly enough, I have uh, a coupon program. I think I have Wikibuy and I installed it, right? Because and 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 I'll I'll be buying something on, you know, like Amazon or wherever, right? And it'll be like we found this same product cheaper over here, or we found a coupon for this product. Do you want to go look at it or whatever? Right. And, you know, I thought just like anybody else, I'm like, Oh, I can save 10% here or there. It's a good deal. It doesn't seem to have any malicious intent or effect on, on my end personally. Right. It seems pretty innocuous, but what I didn't realize and, and I had started to sort of figure it out, but I hadn't quite gotten the whole way there yet until you and I spoke before the show which was I was buying, uh, I was ordering some pizza for a kid's party when I was living in Hillsborough in Oregon. And it had codes for the local pizza place, right? And I was like, man, the, the pizza place's website is a piece of crap. So how did they figure out to go get their codes to give them to Wikibuy, right? Like, I was like, that must be a fluke, right? Because... No, like everybody in the world must be submitting their codes to these people, but it turns out everybody's not submitting their codes to these, you know, plugins and stuff, are they? No, let's be honest. We are lazy. Like I'm lazy. I'm not going to sit in my computer and go to some website and give it the coupon codes I have. The way that these extensions work is and, and I w- and I would make one clarification, which is I wouldn't classify coupon extensions as malicious. I would classify them as untrusted because as a website owner, you, you're not asking them to function on your site. You're not giving them permission. They're just there, right? You didn't let them in, but they came in anyway. So the way they work is we as buyers put them on our computers. Um, and I've had them too in the past, certainly before I became really aware of how they worked, I used them because it sounds great. You're going to save money. Who doesn't want to save money? So you install it on your computer. And when you as a buyer are genuinely given a code by a retailer, and there are many ways you get them, like you might have subscribed to that retailer's newsletter. You see that all the time. You get to a site and it's like, hey, subscribe to your newsletter and you'll get a coupon for 10% off, right? And they're giving you that code as a trade-off to get you to give them their your email address. Or maybe you're a VIP customer and they're thanking you for your repeat business with a really good discount. Or, you know, maybe you're a certain category of customer, for example, like a, a military veteran, and they want to thank you for your service. And so they're giving that class of customer a certain code. 
So whatever the reason is, they're doing it for very specific audiences for very specific reasons. And I might get that code. I go to the site. If I have that extension in my browser and I legitimately type that code in to the field at checkout, the extension is going to scrape it and then give it to every single other user, right? So that's how they're getting the bulk of their codes. It's it's by scraping them off of the sites. And that sort of opens the door to a much larger conversation around the perils of coupon codes, because there are a lot of reasons that that's bad for businesses. And there are some reasons that it's bad for customers. Uh, but you also mentioned one thing that is is even in some cases more frightening, which is the coupon extension doesn't just give the shopper codes that maybe weren't intended for them. It might say, hey, we can find you a better deal on another website. So put your hat on for a second as a business owner and you've built a website that is your site, you own it. And you have a customer at checkout ready to hit purchase. They've already put their stuff in the shopping cart and something pops up and says, you should go to this other website and buy it cheaper. I, I mean, I've owned businesses that would infuriate me. It's the equivalent of a brick and mortar store. And like if you're in the in the grocery store, it's the equivalent of you have a customer with their cart at your checkout counter getting ready to pay. And somebody from the grocery store down the street walks in the front door of your store, walks right up to your checkout cashier and has the audacity to hand the person who's about to give them their credit card a piece of paper that says, come down the street to my grocery store. I'll give you these groceries cheaper. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's as a business owner. And let's face it, I would say almost everyone listening to this show is a business owner or an entrepreneur or at least some way involved in a business. Right. You don't want people stealing your clients at checkout. Right. Of course you don't. But the other thing you don't want. And I mean, literally, I just talked about this with coupon codes on an on an episode that I recorded before this but it's going to come out after. So it's kind of in a weird order for you, the listener. <laughs> but we were talking about after I've seen so many e-commerce sites that you can guess the coupon codes, right? And people need to stop using these random open-ended coupon codes for one thing. It's, it's I mean, something like clean.io is going to obviously protect you much better. But if you're just, you know, you're a small business, you're just getting started. Don't use a coupon code like, customer service 50 because <laughs> you want to, you know, give somebody 50% off because there was a screw up in shipping or something, right? Or, you know, you're going to give that to your staff to use because they can remember it because as soon as one person uses it and they have one of those shopping code pieces of software, then you're going to give every other customer 50% off too. Yeah. Right? It's, and it's, I mean, I'll, I'll share a couple quick stories that, that will shed some light on just how, impactful this can be. You know, we because we have our script installed on on the websites of a number of e-commerce merchants, we see now all the codes that are being attempted. And in the course of talking to merchants before they work with us, we often will go to their websites and and we'll test the coupon extensions to see if they have a problem. And in doing that, we found some amazing things. So I shared the example of like somebody who's in the military. You might give a code and we've seen codes like military hero 20, where they're clearly wanting to thank somebody who's served active duty. And, you know, would you walk into a restaurant and tell them that you're in the army to get 20% off your meal? 
gosh, I hope not, but we seem to be perfectly okay with doing it digitally. I think it's wrong, but you know, that's what you see in these coupon extensions. That's, that's like morally questionable where it really gets devastating is more than once we've seen examples of retailers that create codes, for example, for there was a men's clothing brand that we came across that had a code for $75 off a purchase. But for whatever reason, whoever set it up failed to set up a minimum purchase requirement. So my CEO tested it and was able to get something like six or $700 worth of clothes completely for free by purchasing in $75 increments. Now he contacted the brand, told them they had a problem and returned all of it because this was just to test and see what the problem was. So, you know, we're not, we're not talking out of both sides of our mouth here, but can you even imagine like the, that just even with him returning those clothes, they're underwater because they didn't get any money for the clothes in the first place. They only got money for shipping. And that's not the only time that's happened. We've also seen another case of an 80% employee discount code getting out. So those are those are all ways that the codes can have a massive hit on e-commerce margins. But where it also gets frightening, you know, I'm a marketer and usually we're using codes to be able to track something. We want to see what our what marketing channels are performing, where our sales are coming from. And if coupon extensions are scraping your codes and people are getting them there. You can't trust your marketing attribution data when that happens. Not to mention if you are doing affiliate marketing, this is like the worst case. So coupon extensions can cut your margins. But if you're working with affiliates and you give them codes to hand out and God forbid you are paying them a percentage of the sales they drive with those codes, and then all of a sudden, the coupon extension gets it. You think your affiliate is doing a great job for you. You are cutting them a check to pay them for doing that great job. And you are also losing money on the coupons. Like it's this compounding horror story <laughs> of a problem. So if you're giving like an affiliate group, if you're saying, Go sell this product for us. We'll give you $20 per sale. Plus, here's 20% off to give your clients, right? So, and then they give that to, you know, those, those kind of coupon plugins, pick up on that and give that code to everyone. Then now you're paying out the affiliate code to someone who didn't sell it. Plus, you're giving the discount to people who didn't go to the affiliate site to get the discount in the first place. And often those kind of of agreements are you know they they they're a collaboration between your you know your company and another company or between two brands or whatever it is so usually you're you're giving them that good of an affiliate deal for a reason because they're also doing something for you right well and you and, want to make it even worse that the co the extensions how do you think the coupon extension companies get paid any guesses? Well, yeah, on affiliate, right? They're an affiliate. So you're paying your affiliate, you're taking a hit on your margins through the use of the code, and you also then have to pay the coupon extension for driving the business. So you're getting hit in three directions. Yeah, that's it can be a crushing blow on your advertising too. When because if you're advertising, you know, you you have a certain cost of acquisition. And then people are getting a coupon code that you didn't give them, then 
you know, you're you're not able to make the correct calculation to how much you can spend on ads to drive a customer to your site. And also, like you said before, if you're using coupon codes to verify your acquisition, right, from from advertising, like, you know, if you put an ad in in Facebook that's FB20 and you put one on Instagram that's IN20 and all of the coupons that get used are FB20, then you turn off your Instagram ads and there might be customers coming from those ads, right? Yeah, you know, and the thing I think is really heartbreaking about this is I've had people say to me, well, you know, businesses should just be smarter about how they use coupon codes. And and yes, of course, in a perfect world, we'd all, you know, find ways of using codes that don't expose us to these vulnerabilities. But the reality is that the businesses that are going to be able to fully get control of their codes are the big ones. So you look at like the Wayfarers of the world and they already give out just unique one-time use codes. And and they have, you know, specialized software that can be expensive that supports their ability to do that, right? And then you have other big companies that will probably just like hire an engineering team to solve this problem for them. And that's, they're going to throw money at the problem. So they'll figure it out. Who's who's going to have a hard time with this are the small and medium-sized online retailers. And it, it, it kind of breaks my heart because like the last year has been this story of of small and medium-sized retailers just taking a gouging because of COVID. And now they're all going online and they're trying to like use that as their lifeline to, to keep their business going and their path in the future. And if we, if we have this system where the big box retailers are the ones that are going to be able to solve it and protect their margins, but the small and medium sized businesses can't because they don't have the tools to do it. Like those are the small and medium sized businesses are eventually going to disappear, you know, and it's not just going to be because of coupons. It'll be because of a combination of things, but we got to give them a fighting chance, right? They should be able to own what happens on their sites and they should be able to own how their codes are used. Yeah. If you're a small business that has a physical business or you're in a business that was affected by anything from COVID, not necessarily being your 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 storefront being shut down, but it could be manufacturing problems of not being able to have staff in your location. It could be not being able to have, you know, like supply chain issues and things like that. There's all kinds of problems that people had to face over the last year and a half. And Luckily, it seems like some of those things are actually starting to finally turn around now in 2021. But man, it's it's the death by, you know, death by a thousand cuts, right? It's it's not one thing that kills their business. It's it's the combination of all the problems that they have to try and deal with. So true. And and the world's not going to go backwards. Like COVID will end, thankfully, but this digital transformation that we're all undergoing, you're not going to be able to rewind the clock on it. Like having a component of your business that's online is going to be essential going forward because people have gotten used to being able to, you know, order things online and pick it up. What is it? Bopus, buy online, pick up on the site, on the curb. I don't know. I can't remember the acronym. There are so many crazy acronyms now, but we're used to it and it's here to stay. And so we really have to give businesses the the tools they need to be able to, and this goes right back to where I started, to be able to create a safe and secure environment for them to transact with their customers, to have control over the code that executes on their site, to be able to control the user experience, to be able to protect their revenue. You know, and and to be very clear, I am not anti-coupon at all. I love a good coupon. I'm the first one to sign up when there's a good coupon. But I also believe that we need to give retailers control over the coupons they're giving out. I think that's only fair. 
Well, there's also the fact that do you really want a company scraping all the data of all your purchases and then selling that to anyone? And when you think about it even more deeply, you know, both Honey, which is owned by PayPal and Capital One Shopping, which used to be called Wikibuy, but Capital One bought them. There, it's an, there's a reason that two massive payment processors purchased coupon extensions and it is for the data. Like you're getting these coupons for free from them. And that's because they want to know where you shop and how much you spend and what you're buying. And that's because they get paid every time you buy something. So there's an there's a whole nother conversation we could have, which is a different topic that we won't get into. But but if you care about your data, like think about that. Yeah. You know, the thing with online, a lot of people will say, well, who cares if I'm getting 20 percent off? Right. Or who cares if I'm going to get, you know, save a few bucks on this thing or that thing? But a lot of, if not all of, the most kind of sensitive subject purchases that consumers make are done online, usually in a browser and not a phone, You right? Usually they're on their laptop or something, right? They're making a purchase and it could be something, you know, related to a medical condition. There's always, you know, personalized items that people may find on, you know, embarrassing subjects in public and things like that. And they're buying those things. And then you've got, one or more of these plugins taking that data about you and not only storing it for their own use, but oftentimes they're reselling that data. So you remember probably the Cambridge Analytica scandal with Facebook where they were, you know, extracting more data from the platform than than Facebook was trying to allow them to and and then using that data to sell it for political advertising purposes. And you can imagine what could be done with purchase data, right? So, you know, it's people buying things, whether it's checking out from the pharmacy or, you know, the the some kind of store related to a private matter, you know, those are all things that, that would be scraped with those plugins. So I'm not thrilled to hear about that. I'm not going to lie. 90% of the time when I see something happening online, I question it, I look at it and I go, all right, I understand how they're screwing with the data, why I don't want to use this thing, right? And I can make an educated decision whether I want to use it or not because I have a technical background and I understand how it works. But this is one that slipped past me. And I'm like, God, ah, man, it kind of pisses me off, honestly. Because I honestly thought, I was like, oh, they must just have all the people just go enter the coupon codes and that's where they get them all from. And I'm like, uh, now nah. when you said it, I was just like immediately, I'm like, fuck, I just saw that one coming. It's 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 frustrating. And I'm super passionate about it because I didn't realize it either. I used to use coupon extensions and and for for better or worse, like in my mind, the analogy that I've been using to wrap my head around this is is Napster. It feels a little bit like what Napster did when we were all like, this is great. I'm getting music for free. You know, like, hey, my my friend got that bought the music like they actually bought it. And so that was fair. And they're sharing it with me. Why shouldn't they be able to do that? Well, what we learned with Napster is it wasn't fair to the creators of that music, right? And this is similar. It's like, hey, my friend might have gotten that coupon code because they legitimately earned it and they're sharing it with me. Well, that's not fair to the businesses because they didn't intend for me to have it. And so to me, it's a similar thing. And I think, you know, I do feel like that's why I'm so happy to discuss it on a podcast like this, because there is such an educational curve that we have to overcome. I feel like people can choose to use these extensions or they can choose not to. But I would very much like for them to really understand how they work 
before they make a decision about whether they're going to use them. And I also want to make sure that that online retailers understand how they work, because so fascinatingly, very few of the businesses that we talk to really understand how the extensions function. They know they have a problem with them because they see like these erratic numbers in terms of coupon code usage, but they don't really understand how they work. And unfortunately, when they go to these companies like Honey, for example, and they say, hey, you're giving my code out to everyone. It's not intended for them. More often than not, what Honey's going to come back with is they're going to say, oh, great. If you would like us to, if you'd like to have more control over how your codes are shared, join our affiliate program and like become a part of our program and work with us and pay us is what they say. So it's a little bit like also what Yelp did in the past with reviews where it's like, sure, become a Yelp customer and we'll, we'll help you control your reviews. Like you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to become a Honey customer for your codes to get controlled. You mean you shouldn't have to have a company extort money out of you for reviews? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that Yelp does that. I'm just saying some companies may do that. And it looks that way to every business owner I've ever talked to. But I'm not saying that they do that. <laughs> you know, as the author of the the article that is number one on Google for how to remove fake reviews from Yelp, I can tell you that's a real problem also. But hey, Kathleen, if Clean.io helps with coupon codes. I know you also do the advertising side as well. What platforms do you work with? So currently, we're this is a very new product. We were in private beta until about a month ago. So right now, it's available as a private app for Shopify Plus users. But we are like aggressively uh, working on opening it up to other platforms. And what I would say, the product is called Clean Cart. If you go to our website, you'll see it right there in our main navigation. If you're if you're Shopify Plus, you can you can get a free trial for 14 days and just see how it works for you. If you're not Shopify Plus, I would encourage you to fill out the form anyway, because what we're doing is basically building a list of people who are interested. And then when we open it up to the platform that you're on, we'll just send you an email and let you know. Nice. And if you are uh, a retailer, e-commerce store, or you have a physical store and you have a, an online shopping component where you use coupon codes, or maybe you use a plugin that auto generates codes, which is something I would really take a look at. In Shopify, you can go under discounts and then you can look at the usage of the codes. I think in reports, you can also see usage by time. That way you can find out if suddenly everybody's using the same code that you made a year ago. If you are in you know, a platform like WooCommerce, it's going to be under marketing and then coupons. Uh, they changed it. It used to be under WooCommerce and then discounts. But anyways, they redid it in the last version. Kathleen, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to learn more about this, what's the best way for them to reach out? Sure. So you can certainly go to clean.io and lots of information on there. And, and I see all the requests that come in or you're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. I accept all connection requests and I'm very active there and I will definitely respond there as well. Sounds good. And everybody check your coupon codes, people. And check your browser to see if you've got one of these plugins installed because it could be harvesting your purchase data. Kathleen, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Some amazing information for both consumers as well as business owners. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me on, Matt. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. 
Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.